Well, hello there, and you have come across the annoyed Christian once again. Now, I want to say that this discussion, while titled, What's Wrong with the Joel? I am not specifically talking about Mr. Oldstein. I am talking about the Joel, which is a unique little device that kind of like an Alexa, you can't ask it questions, but it can give you daily inspirations, affirmations, and you, yes you, can listen to Joel's sermons anytime you want. So why am I picking on this little device? Because for me, as a believer in the Holy God, believes the Bible is the Word of God, I believe that what he says waters down the truth. There is some truth in what he says. There are some worldly things in what he says. He apparently leaves things out to focus only on positive things. So let's take a look, come along with this journey, and we'll see what we discover together. I'm going to play a sample. This is one of the daily affirmations from the Joel. I declare that you choose faith over fear. You will meditate on what is positive and what is good about your situation. You will not use your energy to worry, but to believe. Fear has no part in your life. You will not dwell on the negative, discouraging thoughts. I declare your mind is set on what God says about you. His plans for you are for success, for victory, and for abundance. What's wrong with this, you might ask? Let's dissect it using the Bible. Start it off. I declare that you choose faith over fear. Declare? To declare something is to pronounce or assert a person or thing to be something specified. Example, the mansion was declared a fire hazard or a formal announcement at the beginning of something. Spain declared war on Britain in 1796. So what exactly is he declaring? How can he or anybody else other than God declare something for your life? Now you can declare something. You can declare that you need your life changed. You can declare that you're going to start reading God's word every day. But Mr. Olstein has no real authority to declare anything on your life. Next section, you will meditate on what is positive and what is good about your situation. Well, yeah, positive thinking sounds nice, but it also sounds like New Age teaching. Like if you don't focus on the bad things, then you'll just go along life drifting like there's no problems whatsoever. But what about if you cannot pay your rent? What about if your marriage is falling apart? Are you just going to meditate on the positive and good things in your situation? If you do that, guess what? You probably won't pay your rent and you'll probably end divorce. So sometimes a positive thing to do is to look at what is going wrong and say, hey, what can I do to pay my rent? Or what can I do to fix my marriage? Let's look at a passage on what the Bible says about dealing with difficult times. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When Jesus says, don't be anxious, he's not saying, focus on good things and don't worry about the things that make you anxious. No. He says, bring it to God in prayer. Give thanksgiving and let your requests be made known. Your peace does not come from you thinking positive thoughts. Your peace comes from relying on a holy, risen Savior, giving those things to Him and trusting that He will bring you through. Going on to Mr. Olstein's statement, you will not use your energy to worry, but to believe. Okay, believe what? Believe in God? Well, even the demons believe in God. There's no meat here, no direction. It leaves the person to look for what to believe in to themselves. There are many in this world that use the name of God to steal people's money, that uses God's name to control people and her children. The message isn't pointing the person to look at Jesus. The world says there are many gods. The Christian says there is one God. So when Joel says you will not use your energy to worry but to believe, He's not telling you who to believe in. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 1-3. through 3. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have a Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. So there's a lot of people that claim to speak for God. There are a lot of people saying that they know the way. They know the truth. Not all religions, not all gods lead you to salvation. So being so vague here can easily lead someone down the wrong path. The Bible warns that many will come to lead people astray. So when we are supposed to use our energy to believe, what does that mean? Scripture on what to believe and why to believe would have been good here. We should never just take someone's word as being from the Bible. We need to always check it in God's word for ourselves. So when someone asks what we believe, we can share because we know for a fact what God's holy word says. Moving on. Fear has no part in your life. You will not dwell on the negative, discouraging thoughts. Fear has no part. Don't we teach our children to fear strangers? Don't we fear that our daughters could be attacked on a college campus so we teach them how to defend themselves? There is healthy Fear. 
It's given to us by the Creator to make us wise and protect us from danger. So to say that fear has no part in your life is a lie. We should fear God. Not that he's going to destroy us, but he is the almighty, all-powerful God. The Bible tells us to fear God. We should fear the man trying to break into our house. We should fear that if I don't put oil in my car, it will seize up. So fear is a gift from God. Now there's times that fear is bad. There's times that fear is unjust because we're not trusting in a holy God. But to say that fear has no part in your life is just wrong. Proverbs 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Fear of the Lord is not something we should ignore. And it's not something bad. Yeah, there are many scriptures that tell us not to fear. But they also tell us why we need not fear. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. So we're not to fear here because God's peace is in us. We can't have peace in us if we don't know God. We don't know what he's about if we have not learned about Jesus and studied him. But once we have done that, we have a different kind of peace in us. Not the kind of peace the world gives, but the peace that God gives and knowing God gives. James Chapter 1, verse 2 through 3. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. The Bible never says that when you are saved, that life will be easier. In some ways, it will be harder as you try to live your life to glorify God when the world around you says glorify self. The believer knows that God can see them through any circumstances and even turn things meant for evil into good if we let God do it. Romans 8.28 speaks of this. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good or those who are called according to his purpose. We may struggle with many things all of our life, but that is when we must realize as a believer that our lives are only a blink of the eye, that eternity is forever, more than a thousand of our current lifetimes. For the true believer, that eternity is in the presence of God, where we will be happier than we have ever been on earth. Nowhere in scripture does Jesus say, come unto me and I will make you happy. He doesn't say, I'll make you rich or your life will be perfect. He says, 
He will give you peace. Peace that is there in the midst of heartache. It's not as much that we shouldn't dwell on negative thoughts, but that we should dwell on how loving and amazing God is. You know, I find it's tough to be depressed when you're praising God. Moving on to the little message Mr. Olsen gave us. I declare, your mind is set on what God says about you. His plans for you are for success and victory and for abundance. How does a person know what God's plan is for them? Do we all have the same plan? Well, some parts of God's plans are the same for all believers, such as plans for us to go to heaven, plans for us to be used by God, plans for us to glorify God. There are other plans that are different. There are many spiritual gifts for the believer, but nobody has them all. Knowing and using your gift allows you to be part of God's plan and see his plan for your life. There is so much to God's plan for your life, yet this affirmation that Joel says tells us it's just for success, victory, and abundance. Yet, success for what? In my book, success takes work. You won't have success in a marriage unless you work hard at it. We know God allows us not causes us to fail so that we can learn and become stronger. I think it's important to define what Joel means by success. God does want us to be a success, successful in growing closer to him. Then abundance in what? Many preachers preach that if you come to God, you will have abundance of money. But when you read the Bible, Many of God's apostles spent a lot of time in prison for their belief. They weren't rolling in dough, they were rolling in dirt and chains. They weren't rewarded with large homes and plenty of money for their faithfulness. In all the miracles performed by Jesus, let me ask you, how many times did Jesus provide money for someone? How many miracles did he give money? I can't find any. And I'm pretty sure if you search your Bible, you won't find any. Again, on the surface, this sounds nice and encouraging. But it stays on the surface. There's nothing said here that will make your life better. You might feel better for a moment, but truly understanding God's plan for your life can make that life better from now through eternity. So the whole point of this is that there are a lot of preachers that make money, get donations because they make you feel good in the moment. But that's not what God says. God says, I will challenge you. I will allow you to go through difficult times. Why? Because I love you and I want your faith to become strong. I want you to have an inner joy that even if everything was falling down around you, that joy would remain. He wants us to serve him with our life. And he wants us to have abundance of love, faith, and hope. This is the annoyed Christian, and I hope this has made you think. God bless and have a great day.